0: i Jokic behind his back. What a take by Jokic. Just centered. Wow. Hey, Nuggets Nation, you're listening to the Pickaxe podcast. Now, here's your hosts, the Denver Stins.
1: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. We are back once again, bringing you your daily or weekly dose of of nuggets chatter. I am here today, just a duo. Here, here's the deal we uh we over at the Stiffs we're we're so we're so professional. We um we do a grand total. Of one meeting a year, we decide everything that we're going to do for the entire year in about three hours, um, and that meeting happens to be today. So I don't, I couldn't really convince anyone uh, to to spend more than than those three hours of their day today on on the Stis, with the exception of our one glutton for punishment, Mister Dan Lewis down there in Littleton. Dan,
2: what's up? Not a lot. I figure I got to take all that money that Espionation gives me and put it to good use. That's right. That's right.
1: They uh, they pay us a large sum that we really we really need to put in a ton of work to make sure we they get their money's worth out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hey, but uh, um, congrats on
2: congrats on the Rams getting a win.
1: Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, beat beat all oh, uh, Oregon State. Pretty good, right? What was it? Fifty-seven twenty-eight. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, BYU
2: won, So I'm happy.
1: Oh, there you go. That's right. They were playing yeah. um Portland State,
2: right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, see. See, I know. Those 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 honestly were the only two college football games that I knew were going on yesterday, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> wasn't a lot to choose from.
1: Right. It still makes me sound smart. But uh, yeah, we're always happy for those Rammies, man. That was good. That was a good way to open up that stadium. Uh, obviously damn both of us both of us have some some experience with that with that project, so um, good to see. Yeah. Anyways, though, uh, as far as, as far as the Nuggets, what I wanted to, if you guys uh, you guys might have tuned in, I think it was a Wednesday. We had we did a live podcast over on Facebook when the the Kyrie Irving news dropped. Um, so check that out. First of all, if you didn't get a chance to see it, it's the audio is a little choppy. It was our first time. I was the genius who was like, Hey, let's try for the very first time to do a live podcast when we're like throwing it together at the last second. Oh, by the way, I'm also watching my two small children, but we'll, we'll pull it off. So, uh, the audio is is a little bit rough in the beginning and the end, but otherwise, a lot of good content. Check that out. Um, But I wanted to still get into Kyrie Irving because now, over the weekend, we get the news that maybe the deal is not going to go through. That uh, Cleveland is a little more concerned about Kyrie's hip. Uh, Obviously, we know a lot about those type of hip injuries, that torn labrum, because... uh, Wilson Chandler's gone through gone through it himself, so I wanted to talk about that. And the Nuggets have been have been linked to Kyrie Irving, so I, I think it, it's relevant to them as well. Uh, I also want to get into the big news of the week, which was Steve Hess is is moving on to a consulting role. He's got a, a new job over there with Panorama Orthopedic in Highlands Ranch, so he will be. Uh, we're not sure. We're not sure how much he's going to be around the team anymore, um, but obviously quite a bit less. Steve it sounds like he got a pretty good gig. Um, so that, that's going to take quite a bit of his time. So he probably will not be really much part of the team anymore. That I think is is huge news. And then finally, we've been doing the we've been doing this kind of theme over the summer of we go through a player, usually a guy from the young core, and we, we talk about what they need to improve on, and if they do, uh, what does it mean for the team? And uh, this week we'll get into into one who I think is just as good as anybody to talk about, and that's Gary Harris, um, who when you're talking about young core of the Nuggets, he's. He's certainly one of the biggest keys to it. So, uh, then then that'll be it because, like I said, we got a lot of work to do today. Otherwise, for the stiff, so we won't we won't try and go too long on this one. Uh, and with that said, I want to dive right in. Let's get into uh, let's get into Kyrie Irving. So the the deal the deal originally was Irving to the Celtics for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder. Um, Ante Zizic, and then the Brooklyn 2018 first-round pick, unprotected. So uh, essentially, a, a high lottery pick with a chance—obviously, uh, a decent chance of maybe becoming even number one overall. Uh, pretty good deal. Now, Dan, though, I know you thought you thought Boston got a pretty good deal out of it as well.
2: I did, um, and especially if if they knew that Isaiah Thomas was had an injured hip. Like it's even better trade for Boston because right. they would be looking at going into the season without you know a a scoring point guard, which was such an important part of their offense last season. Right. Um, I I am curious to see what happens in regards to um, if if the trade gets voided because of Isaiah Thomas's hip um, and what happens with the fallout of that, but. I I think there's a possibility that it still goes through just because of um, the Boston media smear job yeah. on Isaiah Thomas that happened afterwards. <laughs> um, Kyrie Irving has you know reportedly said that he's not going to show up the training camp in Cleveland, so they they kind of have to send him somewhere. Right. And uh, e- if even if Isaiah Thomas is injured, I think I'd still probably do that deal if I'm Cleveland because they can say, hey, look, you know, well now like. Now we're definitely not sure if we're going to re-sign Isaiah, but we got Jay Crowder and we got this 2018 first-round pick. Right, right. Because that's, Brooklyn. I would say that's, that's the biggest part. That's really the juicy piece of it.
1: It's not Isaiah Thomas because Isaiah Thomas, even if healthy, is a one-year rental for them lined up with the same, hey, LeBron's got one more year left. So it gives you – it was why it made a lot of sense for Cleveland was because it gives you a guy who's a fairly comparable um, replacement for, for Kyrie, but it still sets you up for a lot of flexibility in case LeBron walks. It it was, it was a move that to me felt like, okay, this is, we are preparing for LeBron to leave. We've got this perfect scenario where we can get this, you know, all-star point guard for one year to take one more run at the finals. Uh, and then he'll be off the books. LeBron will be off the books. We've got this great first round draft pick, um, and, and a nice piece in Crowder, a nice piece in Zizic. And, and, and we'll be ready to move on into the next era. And, and, and it really works out well. Now, if Isaiah Thomas isn't a part of deal of that, you're right. It's, it's, it stinks because it, – it, and it definitely, I think, slants it more into Boston's favor. Um, but at the end of the day, it was a one-year rental anyway. So it's not – and it's not that big of a deal. And you're still stuck – with Kyrie Irving, I tend to agree with you that, I mean, because time is starting to become a factor here. So, they, I don't know that they can get, swing another deal where they're going to get an asset as good as that first-round pick. Uh, certainly not with within the next couple of weeks because the only other players they've been talking about uh, are, are Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Jason Tatum, and, and Nuggets' Jamal Murray. Um you're not going to get Porzingis for Irving. That's just a pipe dream. And, and Jason Tatum, while he, he he's a great scorer, uh, I mean, he's got questions about his defense. And is he going to be better than what you could possibly get with that first pick? I mean, that's the thing. Tatum's not proven either. So, I don't know. It's, I think they they go through with it still because they kind of have to. I agree with you on that. But, man, it's it's really now at this point – it is. I think it, it's a win for Boston, especially if, if Isaiah Thomas is is maybe not even going to be part of the team this this whole season, right? Because that's what we saw with Wilson Chandler. It took him a whole year to get back. Uh, granted, Thomas had his surgery in um, back in in June, but still, it it took Wilson almost a full year to get back.
2: I I don't know. Yeah, what what one, do you think? One thing I think that also makes a difference for Cleveland is. And why I think that they, you know, even if he is going to miss the season, I think they should still do it, is because Cleveland is now looking, with Isaiah Thomas either injured or leaving at the end of the year, they're looking at a pull at point guard, and they're either going to have to use that Brooklyn pick, or they're going to have to look in free agency. And 2018 free agents at the point guard position is headlined by Chris Paul, who is most likely going to be signed in Houston, then Tony Parker, then Isaiah Thomas, then you get it down into people like Jameer Nelson, Devin Harris, Rondo, Michael Carter-Williams, uh, Derek Rose, Raymond Felton, Alfred Payton. Like, it's pretty ugly pretty fast. Um, and so Which, be, well, I mean, you've know, hey, they, already
1: got Derek Rose on the roster, right? So. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> but I think just showing, like, hey, look, Isaiah, like, we're going to keep you on contract, and, like, we're going to pay you at the end of the year, if LeBron stays or if LeBron leaves, like we want you here. And so I think maybe showing that sign of if interest and being like, hey, we want you to be a part of our team, not just this year, but in the future as well. And that's why we want to bring you to Cleveland, is so that you can start working with our team. Right. I think that might be able to make a difference because otherwise, you know, they may be looking at like either starting a rookie or starting just a, a terrible point guard. And like that could really. Really, sink them next—not this season, but the 2018-2019 yeah, right.
1: season, right? I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it firsthand here <laughs> in Denver. If you're going to re- re- depend on a nineteen a year old guy, nineteen year old kid, basically, to be your, your starting point guard, you're going
2: to have a, you're going to have a hard time. Um, and that and good luck convincing LeBron James to resign in Cleveland. Yeah, if right. your plan is like, oh, we drafted some kid from North Carolina or whatever, you know. right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, well. And this is getting a little bit off track here, but I
1: don't, I don't think there's uh, this to me was just so blatant. Yeah, we know LeBron. Like to me, it feels like they know LeBron is going to be gone. Um, and and this is this is a clearly. And I thought it was a great deal for that purpose. It clearly us move on to the next era uh, with a with a one year stopgap. But yeah, I don't think LeBron's coming back no matter what they do, even if they could. Even if the only way is if Isaiah Thomas is healthy and him and LeBron march through the playoffs and win the championship together, um, they both could re up. That's the only way I could see that happening. Hey, and then then you and I
2: can buy the Nuggets after we win the Powerball. There you go. Yes, somebody's <laughs> won that right by now. Yeah, I think it was like up in the Northeast. I got you. I got you know what You
1: probably numbers. even even that Powerball is not enough money uh, to buy. It. Well, maybe the Nuggets.
2: They are in a kind of a Yeah, you, the Cronkies would want way more. They're right. They're, right. Well, Ballmer they're paid two podcast. two billion? So. Right. Well, well this, Bring is, yeah, on this is to way, that off podcast.
1: <laughs> way off track. Way off track. Okay, real quick to to wrap up this Irving thing, Dan. Any any interest do you think from the Nuggets now? It, to hop back in in case this it falls through with this Isaiah Thomas injury.
2: Um, the only way I can think of it is if they're just if the Cavaliers know that Isaiah Thomas is going to be out for a year if they want to get Jameer Nelson to come to Cleveland just to kind of like give them more point guard depth because they got Derrick Rose and Jose Calderon like maybe like if Brooklyn or not Brooklyn if Boston could kick us like a you know like an international stash player or something or like a second pick like maybe that might help clear things up but then the Nuggets would have to feel really confident in Emmanuel Mudiay, And so I don't think that there's any chance of the Nuggets getting involved.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, obviously there was always the, the talk was centered around Jamal Murray and, and Gary Harris. Um, I think that ship has probably sailed. I, I don't think the Nuggets ever were going to entertain trading both of them for Kyrie Irving. Uh, I, I don't know now. To me, it seems like at this point that they they're pretty content to go with who they got. Um, and, and when you look at what Boston paid, uh, to get Kyrie, where well, they kind of set that, that, bar right now. You would be talking, I mean, you're talking, granted Isaiah Thomas is injured, but you're talking a, 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 quality, a very, very good player, um, right now player. And then also, uh, a great asset in that, in that pick plus to uh, a, a ready now rotation player plus another young player. I mean, you, you for the Nuggets to match something like that, you're talking about like a Jamal Murray, Wancho, Kenneth Fareed,
2: and Wilson Chandler, well, I pro- or something it, like that. It'd probably be like Jamal, Wilson Chandler, and two two future first round right, picks. Right, right, exactly. Which is way too much. Yeah.
1: So, so at this point, I, I'm with you. I think they just they go with the guys they got. I mean, that's <laughs> we could we could spend a lot of time talking about power forward and depth, but that's not on this show this week. So. <laughs> All right, let's move into the next, the next subject, which is, uh, which is Steve Hess. And this one came out of left field. I remember I was listening to Vic Lombardi's show on Altitude, and even he was saying, like, man, he didn't he, – he got this one straight out of left field um, when he found out about it. But Steve Hess, who is the, uh, the director of performance, been long time in the, the strength and, and conditioning coach. Uh, he's an assistant coach technically with the team as well. Um, he announced that he's, he is moving into essentially a consulting role – and taking over as the chief performance officer at Panorama Orthopedics and something uh, down there in in Highlands Ranch. Um, I mean, Hess is an icon, you know, with the Nuggets. He's been been through – gosh, he's got to have been through like four or five coaches with this team, which is saying something when you consider how long George Carl was the coach – it's probably more than, it's probably like six, you know, he was around, I think Hanslik was the coach when Hess came on. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I
2: don't
1: remember those days. <laughs> those, that's how long he's been with the organization. How shocked <laughs> were you, Dan, when you found out that, uh, he's going to be stepping down?
2: Um, I mean, he, he's getting a little bit older. Right. And I know his kids are getting to a point where he's probably going to want to go and like be able to see them off of college and like maybe spend some time alone with his wife in the next couple years. Right. Um, if he is married. I assume he is. Um, but I'm just... It'll be interesting to see how things go. Uh, I'm just... You know... I welcome him down to King's Landing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, he's... Uh, that, that, that's an inside
1: joke right there. Huh? With a little Game of Thrones <laughs> flavor for you. But... Um, I think I think that probably you know it has got to be uh, the big driving factor for him is that when you think about it, living the NBA lifestyle which he does, uh, he's with the team constantly during the season and during the off season. We've seen him over in Serbia uh, already this year. Um, yeah, that's got to be hard, especially on on a family uh, when you're gone all the time like that. When you're when you're working a schedule that's so demanding. When you know during the season he probably doesn't get a day off at all because even on players days off they're coming in to see him um, so this you know this probably is an opportunity for him to get your more basic hey I'm going to go work a 9 to 5 now uh, I'm going to come home every night and sleep in my own bed I'm going to get to see my family like like you said your kids are going off to college um, it makes a lot of sense and he's been doing it for so long that, that I could see how that that grinds on someone um, for sure taking his place uh, I don't, I, I don't, I'm going to butcher the last name is the problem here. Um, it, it's F, uh, Felipe. Uh, what do you think? I, Eichenberger? Hi. I haven't even seen it. Yeah, <laughs> Dan is no help. All right. Um, <laughs> anyway, as Felipe is, uh, he's been the assistant strength and conditioning coach for the Nuggets, uh, for, for a while now, ever since, since Hess kind of took on this, uh, larger role, uh, first as being an actual assistant coach and then um, also director of performance with the team. But Felipe, you'll notice him. Uh, he was the guy, he, he posted the Instagram photo of, of Jokic and his horse, winning it with the trophy and the hat. Uh, Felipe, he was one of the guys in the photo. He's a, he's a tall guy, um, originally from Brazil. So he, he's fairly noticeable when you see him around the facility. But he's been with the team for a while. He seems to be very, very, um, you know, very, very qualified. Uh, Dan, what do you think, man? How... How much do you should we look into who becomes the new strength and conditioning coach? Like, how important is it to have a guy who's already been with the organization, and or to have like a guy who's you know one of the tops top athlete strength and conditioning
2: minds out there, if you will? Well, I think it is important to have continuity, um, at least in the the head position. Um, you can bring in assistants to help do other you know stretching and managing drills and things like that, but just Having someone that knows the players and it's not just knowing them off the chart, um, I think can really help. But I, I also, I do wonder, like, I mean, everyone loves Hess, great guy, but like, it'll be interesting to see how things go with the Nuggets strength and conditioning. Because I think um, bioinformatics is something that is going to become more of a deal in the NBA. Tracking players' sleep, right? Um, tracking workouts, tracking what food they eat and things. Um, because that's, that's one way that smaller market teams can help gain an advantage over bigger market teams, um, because they're not going to be able to get as big of name con- players. But I look at like someone like James Johnson down in Miami, like he came there, you know, and he kind of had a reputation as someone that was, didn't really take care of his body athletic, but just kind of fat and out of shape. Well, they, he lost like 30 pounds in Miami and became a super useful player, right? Because they have such a great training staff there, and if you can take players that maybe like, okay, like this guy's fat and lazy, like, well, we're gonna whip him into shape and help turn him into the athlete that we think he can be, then you found value. Right. <laughs> well, sorry. Oh, sorry. Bless you there. Um, yeah, I'm still getting over a cold. Um, but I think, and then if you can try to be like, okay, well, here's somebody that's been injured. Well, we're gonna help get him back to like 95 percent strength. Um, someone like like Phoenix is notable for just how great of a job, they right? Do or also recover from injuries.
1: You know they they can take guys who like like I mean the prime example being Steve Nash, who able to deep into their careers still be very effective because
2: of the way that they they monitor their bodies and um, right. make sure they get enough rest and, and stuff. And playing playing at altitude makes more of an impact on players' bodies as well. Right. You know, and oh, especially yeah. for guys that are working out and spending as much time exercising as they are, like. Having a really great strength and conditioning team, I think, is something that's important. Um, so it's not something that immediately shows up on the on the court, but having a great one can make a difference. Having a bad one can also make a difference because you're going to notice that your players are worn out or starting to get injured a lot more often. Right, right, and it goes to uh, I mean,
1: look, I, uh, talent obviously trumps everything, but. When you've got, it's just that extra, uh, you know, the extra bit of juice, if you will, that you can get out of a guy if he's really trained. Like you, I mean, James Johnson is such a perfect example of it because you're you're absolutely right. I mean, he went to Miami and it changed his career because of the physical training that he was doing down there that suddenly made him um, a very effective player uh, once he was in shape. That's that that's that's an asset to have. It's I don't. The Nuggets, um, I don't know that you could say that they do or don't have it. I don't. I don't. To me, it seems like they're they're just kind of like every other team, you know, average uh, as far as the league. But you bring up a great point about the altitude because a that is um, that is something that you have to be conscious of uh, when you're uh, the guy who's in charge of training for these athletes because it does it is a different uh,
2: atmosphere, if you will, that they're that they're working in. Yeah, I mean it's. It's, it's one thing to say that like the Nuggets have a home court advantage because they can run other teams into the ground mm-hmm. because they're at a, a higher altitude. Well, if, if your guys aren't able to do that, then you lose that home court advantage. So I think that's one thing where the strength and conditioning team can, can help give the Nuggets an advantage. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And then if, if you can really do well with it, you can turn it into a great advantage. Um, what about this? Because you mentioned how if you have a bad team, uh, strength and conditioning group, it, it can you can lead to more injuries. I, w- I wanted to kind of touch on that because some of the commenters were saying that. They, they wanted to point to last year, if you remember, we had a couple guys, Will Barton uh, and Gary Harris. They're the two ones that come to mind. They both had groin injuries, groin strains early in the season. I don't... I don't think – I think people look into that too much and try and try when you try and start pointing fingers at, at, at a strength and conditioning team or at, at the head trainers or anything like that. I mean some of these things are freak – just freak accidents that happen. I mean you, the most injury-prone guy for the Nuggets these past few years has been Danilo Gallinari. But I can't think of any one of his injuries that I would say was training-related. I mean they're – because he's 6'10 and goofy and – seems to always want to step <laughs> on people's ankles you know?
2: <laughs> yeah what do you i mean what do um, you do you put any credence to that idea i don't think you can i i think what you can blame them for is if like they're like let's say well and it's different for all these different individual players too because everyone's body is different right and the, like if you get into the medical field there's just so it's just so much like you know these loose like, six to eight weeks, you know, there's not these set schedules for recovery. You just – you recover when you recover. Right. Um, but, like, if – and it, sometimes it can go back to the player, and like, not putting in the work ethic. Like, I look at someone like Andrew Bynum who just, like, ate his way out of the league. Right. Like, did that mean that the 76ers had a bad training staff? No. You know, like, not that causation – or correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation. But I think I, – I think maybe, like – I don't know. There, there might be some things where it's like, okay, like if, like if you know that this guy's going to be playing, this going to be the starter, and he's not in good enough shape to play thirty minutes a game, like I think that does kind of reflect on the on the strength and conditioning because, yeah, it, it that may come down to the player like not doing his part to get in shape, but like you're a professional organization, like your job is to get these guys in shape. If it's if this player is struggling, like work harder to make sure that he's staying in line. Right. So. I think that's where you can point it to, but it's such a gray area. Like, and we we don't have enough information to to really know to make a fair assessment. And I think if you are judging Steve Hess because of injuries to people like Daniel Gallinari or like, or, I mean like a hip tear for Wilson Chandler, right. like that's I don't think that's fair. Yeah, and I because if you're going to say the negative things, you also have to give him credit for the positive things, and this. I mean, we'll talk about this after the break. But like, if you've seen Gary Harris lately, like, I think Steve Hayes has been doing a great job. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. No. No. No doubt. Um, no doubt about that. Yeah. And I'm. I, I, I like. I, I thought you really hit it on the head when you said there. You know that if you, we don't know, all right, we don't have that inside access. We're not there with these guys every day. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know. Where, what their training schedules are like we don't know anything yet. so if you're if you're gonna just sit there and say oh he got injured it must be you know this must be on on the strength and conditioning team or something like that to me it's just uh, you know you're just you just okay I mean it could have also been because of the solar eclipse it, you know who knows it, 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 there's no there's nothing to back it up whatsoever so I'm with you I, I don't think it's fair
2: um, in any way to, to, to try and try and connect those two dots I, at least we haven't had any like My favorite, like, fluke injury of all time is Clint Barms, if you remember him, the old Rocky shortstop, who, like, was carrying frozen meat up the stairs, (laughs) and his dog tripped him, and he fell down and, like, broke his wrist or something. Yes. Like, at least we haven't had any, like, tripping dogs, or, like, slipping out of the car in the driveway, like, slipped on ice and broke a bone or something. (laughs) Like, I haven't had any of those yet, so I think... We're doing fine. See, I remember also Cargo
1: one year he missed like 2 weeks cuz he like stabbed himself with a steak knife or something. Yeah,
2: like you got to watch out when you're cutting them avocados, you know. Right. <laughs> right. It gets on that pit. It gets slippery, you never know. Uh, yeah. Uh, the hazards. Yeah, you're right. No
1: nothing there, but um, I guess that in that case we we would just have to we'd have to blame the the professional chef uh, or something. Yeah. <laughs>
2: the fates. Here you go.
1: All right, we'll tell you what. We will. Uh, we'll go ahead and take a break, and then when we come back, we'll do. Uh, we'll do a segment on Gary Harris, and that'll be our show. So we will. We will be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on. Or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call. 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number, as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719 659 6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. here. I want to tell you about one of my favorite artists from right here in Denver, Colorado, and that's Porter Laurie. You're listening to his single, Miss Escape My Skin, right now, and if you're liking what you're hearing, his album, Hell or High Water, is available on iTunes. Also, you can check out his website, porterlaurie.format.com That's P-O-R-T-E-R L-O-R-I dot format Give him a listen. I make it all in.
0: I broke out of every place that tried to keep me in. But I can't escape my. Uh, can't escape my
1: skin Welcome back into the Pickaxe Podcast, Zach Nikosh here with Daniel Lewis, we're doing it as a duo uh, this week because everybody else is getting ready for a big annual business meeting if you want to call it that, that we do once once a year for the, the stiffs, um, we, we, we spent good
2: job on those reads, say what? <laughs> good job on those reads today, good Zach. job on those reads, yes, that's right, uh. Um, so we spent
1: the first half of the show talking about, uh, Kyrie Irving and, in the trade, whether or not it will go through or won't go through and what the, how that kind of, what the Nuggets should do if it doesn't go through. Uh, and then we talked about Steve Hess and him, him moving on to the, to a new role, kind of leaving the Nuggets now as, uh, he'll only be there in a consulting fashion. And then also, finally, I want to get into our last segment here, which is Gary Harris. We've been doing this. We have, uh, I think we've covered Jamal Murray, Emmanuel Moody, and Nicole Jokic, uh, so far if, in previous podcasts. But we've been going every week. We've been going through one guy and talking about what they need to improve on and, and what it could mean for the Nuggets if they take the next leap. And so this week we'll do Gary Harris. Um, obviously, Gary. I think he caught a lot of people by surprise last season in that I think everybody kind of looked at him as, Hey, this guy could be a really good role player. And now I think after last season, you kind of look at Gary Harris and you start to wonder like, uh, well, could he be more? Could he be, you know, a guy who gets into an all-star game every now and again, kind of like a, maybe like a guy like a Paul Millsap is, is turned out to be, you know, I mean, not, not a huge superstar by any means, but a guy who is, is one of the best players in the league and is a complete player. Um, you know, that, that's kind of where he's at now. So uh, looking forward, I think there's there's a, a lot to discuss there about what he can become and, and what it could mean for the Nuggets because I think he's a huge, huge part now of this core. Um, Dan, let's start with this. What are, you, what are you hoping that Gary's been working on this offseason or what do you think he needs to improve upon the most to really help him make that next jump?
2: Well, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, it, it looks like he's getting much stronger, right? Um, which which should help. And I think because last season, I think it wasn't like a wrist injury or a groin injury that kept him out for the first yep. month. Of, yep, it was it was um, all throughout November. Um, so he he only played in fifty six games last season, but I think him improving his strength, um, especially core strength, that's one thing that helped Steph Curry from being a, a guy with glass ankles to turning into the Steph Curry that. Has its own shoe line and plays eighty. Does advertisements? Games, Harry, yeah. yeah. Sets NBA records for three pointers. <laughs> like, I don't think I don't think Gary Harris is going to do that. But I think it'd be great to have him around for eighty two games because he makes such a big difference for the Nuggets when he's on the court, um, especially just the chemistry he has with other players and making the right play. Right. Um, but I think the thing that I'd like to see him improve on the most um, is just his ability to rebound the basketball. Um, and I know that might be asking a lot because he's. There are going to be times where he's the shortest player on the team, Yeah. or that's on the court. Um, but with with Paul Millsap and with Nikola Jokic, these guys aren't high flyers for rebounds. But what they are, they're very savvy rebounders, and they're going to help improve their team's rebounding rate while they're on the floor. But their rebounds may not be double digits all the time. Right. Um, but that means that if if they can help box out and guards like Jamal Murray, Emmanuel Mudiay, and Gary Harris can rebound the basketball and then push the ball up the floor. I think that will help the Nuggets transition offense a little bit um, and also help them finish defensive possessions because you know, I don't think the Nuggets defense is going to be that great. So when they do have the team other team misses a shot, it's going to be very important for them to get the get their defensive rebound. Right. So Gary averaged 3.1 rebounds a game last season, 2.3 per game on the defensive end, 0.8 on the offensive end. Um, If he can bump that to like one offensive rebound a game and like three
1: three, defensive rebounds a
2: game, yeah, like average like four four, four and a half, five rebounds a game. Like that's really good for a guard. And I think that would help the Nuggets defense improve because they're going to be securing defense, you know, loose balls. After a miss, right?
1: That's that might be the best plan for the Nuggets to improve their defense is just try and limit the amount of time the team other team has the ball as much as possible. Um, yeah, because because honestly, they're not going to be. I mean, obviously Millsap helps a lot, um, but uh, they're not they're not going to be a great defensive team. I think we, anybody who's anybody who thinks the Nuggets are going to be a great defensive team uh, is not paying attention. Is the only way to play. I have some property to sell you. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, to me, I mean, that's that's one of the things because Gary Gary's such an interesting guy on the defensive end because you know he comes from a great uh, defensive program in, in Michigan State. He he's a bit undersized for a two guard in terms of height, but his wingspan I think is like six eight, so he's right there um, in terms of wingspan of where you need to be. Uh, to play the two guard position he's he's plenty athletic he, like we've said he's, he's looking even stronger and he's always been i mean gary harris was the first guy i ever you know met in, in person and and really understood the difference between like average joe zach over here and um and a professional athlete because yeah, gary has, has always been a guy who's been really in, in great shape this year he just looks you know he just looks bigger like he's He's been, he's been hitting the, the weights a lot and, and has really tried to increase his strength. Um, so he has all the tools to be a very good defender in my eyes. But for whatever reason, he's just not. I mean, and I've talked to people, you know, you get into these arguments on Twitter and stuff. Cause there's a lot of people who will staunchly defend the idea that Gary Harris is a very good defender. But, I mean, the numbers just, just tell a different story. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people say, well, he always defends, you know, the best uh, the best wing player on the other team, which, but that's not necessarily true. I mean, Wilson Chandler uh, was typically the guy that they were putting on on the best wing player from the opposition. Gary Gary would get that matchup some of the times, but more often than not, it was Wilson. Um, also, I mean, it's not like like if, when they play the Warriors, they don't they don't switch Gary onto Steph Curry. They'll let Emmanuel Mudiay um, or even Jameer Nelson uh, or Jamal Murray, whoever it is, they'll let that guy cover him. So they're not really <laughs> It's, they're not putting him on the toughest matchup uh, on the other team. It's just – to me, the other argument – and this one I give more credence to is the team in general is just so bad defensively um, that, it, that it really doesn't matter and that everybody looks bad defensively. And that, and that I do give some credence to because I, I do think Gary's got the skills, but he's got to have, I think, better, better defensive awareness – Um, and and he's got to do a better job of staying in front of his man, uh, to, to mitigate that the, the fact that he doesn't have, I mean, Nikola Jokic and even Paul Millsap, they're not going to clean up mistakes, uh, with rim protection. So you've got to be able to do deny, deny people from getting into the paint from the perimeter. And that's something that Gary, they really need him to do.
2: Yeah. I think the other thing too, is like the Nuggets, the last two seasons have just, rotated through so many players in their starting lineup right like it was something that Wilson Chandler complained about with not knowing his consistent role but I think if they can if Nuggets can figure out who's going to be at point guard during training camp I think that they should have a pretty stable starting lineup um you're going to get Nicole Jokic, Paul Millsap, Wilson Chandler, Gary Harris and then whoever, whoever right. is at point guard of you know Jamal, Manuel, and Jameer right but like guard defense is so nuanced because you're not doing a lot of one-on-one defense. It's a lot of off ball moving through and then running through screens. Yeah. It's just a lot of chasing someone. And so for someone like Gary Harris, who, who does have pretty good wingspan and it, it is a very aware cutter. He's probably one of the best cutters on the team, but for him now to have the strength to like fight through those screens and to, you know, just, you basically have to push through these guys. Um, I think that should help him defensively, and one on one, I don't think is much of an issue because he'll, you know, you just have to have the experience of I being mean, okay. Here's what I'm gonna do, but you also have to have the chemistry of like, okay, I'm I know whose voice I'm gonna hear calling out the screen. Right. I know where Emmanuel Moody is gonna be, what his strengths are. I know what Jamal Murray wants to do. I know what Wilson and Paul, when they're switching screens, want to do. I know where Jokic is gonna be when he's sitting back in the paint, and so. I think that's one thing that he, you know, just being healthier and having a more consistent lineup. I think the Nuggets defense, I think that's what also the team is hoping to bank on it for defensive improvement. Is just having consistency in the starting or in the rotations. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and, well, and also, I mean, having Paul Millsap is, is, is a huge plus they, they, uh Kenneth Reed is is does does a lot of things well defense is not really one of them though so and adding a guy like Paul Millsup, I think helps there a lot but you're right i mean you're right they need they need yeah. gary um they need gary to be able to to so like you said, deny the almost deny the ball when he's off ball and, and be able to. I thought that that's a great point. That it's exactly what a two guard does the entire time that his player, his guy that he's defending, doesn't have the ball. Is he's just chasing him around the court, the court, and running through screens. So having that extra strength, you're right. That should help him. Um, that should help him a bit, quite a bit. Let me ask you this. Then, so is it. it, it If Gary does that, I mean, and he, and he steps up the defense is, is that like his ceiling is, is he like an elite three and D guy or, or is he a guy that you look at like, you know, I mean, uh, not to, not to say that to compare it right away, but like you look at a guy like Klay Thompson, right? Klay Thompson does a lot of the same things that Gary Harris does. Clay Thompson is one of the best guards in the league. Uh, is, that, is that what Gary Harris can become, or is he more of just going to be a, you know what, he, he's going to be good at hitting, hitting shots from the corner and, and cutting off ball with Jokic, and then we can put him on, on a, a, the, the other team's best wing player?
2: Um, I, I think, especially in the Western Conference, I just think it's such, you're just, you know, throwing grass into the wind if, uh, if you're hoping that some of the Nuggets can be All-Stars. Just yeah. because the talent is so so great out in the Western Conference, but I think one thing that Gary Harris can probably aspire for, and it's not quite as like notable of an award, is the Zach Lowe All Stars, um, which are the players that he loves to watch, and they can't be an All Star, and they're not going to be scrub. So I think Gary Harris, he's just going to fall into that value of being like, this is a dang good player. Uh, I mean, he's obviously not like an All Star, but you know, like look, he's going against like James Harden and like <laughs> you know. A, for the starting shooting guard position, or Clay Thompson, you know. So, he's got a lot of competition to make an all-star team. So, I, I don't think we can see that he's going to be a borderline all-star. Right. But I definitely think that he can be, like, a league pass darling, Zach Lowe all-star, just a, a dang good player, someone that's not going to make an all-stars team and probably won't make the Hall of Fame. But, like, Nuggets fans, will, they'll look back in his career and be like, you know what, like, Gary Harris, that dude was a stud. And, you know, like... Loved having him here, a Great contributor, right? And I, I, that's that's not that's a great thing. Like that, that that's a great thing for someone that was like the nineteenth pick, right? In the yeah, in the draft. Yeah. Like he's, I I think that's going to be really really valuable. To Nuggets. and they will probably wind up in him getting paid in free agency.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I mean, Gary and, I mean, and the Nuggets have said that they 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 want to get him an extension, and um, he's due one. I think I think the Nuggets have been wise to maybe wait a little bit on that to kind of like see how the uh, the the market has has uh, shook
2: out. It, yeah, it's, it's, it'll get announced like a week before the season right. starts. That's that's usually just the timing for those kind of things. Right, exactly. Um,
1: moving back to on, on, on to what Gary could could or can't be, you, you I, I, I agree. I for what you mentioned, I mean the the West is already so stacked in terms of. In terms of well, like, do you think
2: groups. do you think he'll ever be better than C.J. McCollum?
1: Uh, yeah, I I could see him being better than C.J. McCollum. I could because I the, here's the, here's the thing. I'm not a huge C.J. McCollum fan. I think he's kind of a volume scorer. And um, well,
2: yeah, he's a volume the, scorer. But like, just in terms of like wins produced, wins produced. Like, I feel like
1: yeah, that that okay. So in terms McCollum, where of wins that produced, like right that's probably now is like
2: Harris's peak.
1: Right. Yeah, that's probably right. I would say that's probably right about where he could. Um, peek out at in terms of of value to a team, sort of that secondary guy, but a very good secondary guy um, on a team. And that's kind of where he's headed. Obviously, he's probably the third – well, not probably. He's definitely the third guy right now, um, if not fourth. I guess you'd have to turn him or Wilson would be the third best guy on this team right now. Um, But yeah, I think he could be – a type of player who is, you know, I always, I always like to use the, the, the championship teams, um, references and that you always have to have three guys, um, on a championship team to be Gary Harris is the guy whose ceiling is being the third guy uh, on a championship roster. You know, he's not going to be your, your, the number one star superstar player. He's probably not going to be the second best player either. You know, he's more of your, uh, more of your Kevin love or your, um,
2: I guess I guess Cleveland. Well, like let's 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 put it this way. Like, I think I think the Nuggets. They're I think they're going to be good this season, but I think their their real jump is going to come 2018-19 mm-hmm. uh, after LeBron leaves Cleveland and signs with Denver. Yeah, but then yes. like you're looking at a roster of Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap, LeBron James, Gary Harris, and Jamal Murray. GP and like ship. if Gary Harris is your fifth best player, like if he's your fifth best player in that starting lineup, like that's great. That's a Western Conference Finals team. That's that is no doubt. So it's it's that simple. We just have to sign
1: LeBron, and boom, we're there. Uh, (laughs) uh, Banners. I guess just just to wrap it up, um, you know, because we think about that, like like where does he? Let's say let's say he does it though. Let's say Gary makes that jump to a guy who's like uh, a, a. Number two guy, CJ McCollum, like CJ, yeah, exactly. Like, does that? I mean, how much does that change the outlook of this team? Does this suddenly with with Jokic and Paul Millsap? Is this suddenly like a team that's you're thinking, hey, is a top four seed in the, in the Western
2: Conference? Well, I mean, if if you had like Gary Harris averaging like twenty points a game, right, and Paul Millsap and Jokic, I'm probably going to pay like eighteen to twenty. Wilson Chandler probably like sixteen. And Jamal Murray, if he's able to get up to, like, 14, 16 points a game, and Gary Harris is your 20-point-a-game score, like, that's that's nearly 100 points a game just in your starting lineup. Right. Like, I mean, th- I think that would help solidify them as the fifth-best team. I don't know if they're the fourth-best, but it's going to be a really crowded pack between, like, 5 and 11. And I think if Gary Harris is able to make a jump into, you know, being able to kind of, yeah, like you are saying, like CJ McCollum-Light, less on offense more on defense right. like i think that makes the nuggets like the fifth best team in the western conference who do you have as the fourth best team in the western conference uh that would be the oklahoma city okay. thunder okay yeah i that, that
1: would be the one i could see the argument that it could be made just because man we already saw what okc could do when they had kd and and westbrook and now they have uh, westbrook and paul george so um but I would think that – but that, that's, that's, that's what I would think too. I would think that the Nuggets would be right probably there. Maybe not maybe not quite up to Oklahoma City um, and not not in the conversation yet with the San Antonio, Houston, certainly not the Warriors. Um, but right there and, 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 you, and you're right maybe f- – I don't know if I – I'd put them right in that group probably five to eight. I think it would be like them, uh, the, the Timberwolves – and Portland, port. Well, I, I probably would put Portland another tier down. Um, Ooh, hot takes from Zach. I'm just not, a, <laughs> I'm not a use of believer. I think, I think most people know that. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think who else is in the West that I'm, that I'm forgetting there. That might be that sort of like, like a team that uh, could be very good or could vie for that fourth seed. Memphis. Yeah.
2: Mem- Memphis is, i they're probably not. I think they're probably like an 8 or 9. The, thing, the team that sticks out in my head is New Orleans just because they have so much talent. But, um, Well, they, they just lost Solomon Hill for yeah, a year. They're
1: one wing player. Then Now they have none. Yeah.
2: So that was their depth concerns are... That's aren't. what... If Wilson Chandler gets injured, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, the right. Goes, yeah,
1: Boy, the Nuggets are right there. Exactly. They would... Uh, Wilson Chandler for can Wilson. not get hurt. That is <laughs> that is a uh, the truth. But that that would be for another topic for another day. Um, so I'll tell you what, we'll go ahead and uh, I gotta get I gotta get headed down to Denver
2: here, so. Yeah, it's a long drive from Wyoming. <laughs> from Wyoming. <laughs> it's not quite Wyoming. Uh, <laughs> all right, well Hey if you guys want to see uh I wished Yusuf Nurkic a happy birthday on my Twitter account at MinuteManDan. <laughs> you guys might have to scroll back and find it, but I was pretty proud of my birthday It was pretty funny, wish I got a I got quite a good chickle
1: up Chuckle <laughs> out of it. Um, all right, Dan. Well, I uh, appreciate you taking the time here on already uh, Busy Stiffs Sunday. For sure. All right, everybody. Well, uh, like Dan said, at Dan. I'm at Zach Mikosh, of course, at Denver Stiffs. Those are all of us on Twitter. Uh, at the Denver Stiffs on Instagram. And also, as we always say, go check us out on Facebook. We got a lot of stuff going up on there that might not necessarily be anywhere else, even on the site or um our twitter feed and you should be starting to see some more podcast segments uh coming to you guys live which which we're pretty excited about as well so make sure to go ahead and like us over there and otherwise we will talk to you guys next week peace out
0: thanks for listening to the pickaxe podcast be sure to subscribe on itunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com